Psalm chapter 23 says, His goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And because of that, I can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's committed and he is faithful to you. We do our best to be faithful to him, but when we look at the faithfulness of God and I look behind me and I realize that there's something so much bigger between me and my yesterday and it's the hand of goodness and the hand of mercy on my shoulders propelling me forward into the promises of God unto the day that the Lord hath made because this is the day that the Lord hath made and you and I can rejoice and be glad in it because he's taken care of every day behind us he's taken care of every regret behind us He's removed the residue upon our lives and He has washed us in baptism so that we can have a new day in Christ Jesus. Psalm chapter 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and He is our strength. Amen. A very present help in time of trouble. Pastor, the longer I live, the more I realize the truth that the as long as I'm dealing with this flesh and this mind and this body, every day that I have it, I'm in trouble. And the moment I stop thinking that I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. And on my own, Despair and defeat would be imminent. But he said he's a present help in time of trouble. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. He would stick closer than a brother to you. So I don't feel like trouble is coming my way. I feel like trouble is going away because God's hand is upon us right now in this day. For he is present in this place with you wherever you're at today whatever you've come from and wherever you're trying to get to God is with you and his loving arms are around you would you lift up your arms and open up your hands and surrender and pray right now to the father to the friend to the way maker to the healer to the savior surrender your all right now to the Lord God I give you my all I give you my yesterdays and I give you tomorrow. I give you my regrets, but I also give you my praise. I trust you, Lord, and lean not upon my own understanding. I delight in your ways today, God. And I pray, Lord, your word would penetrate the hearts and minds of every, every, every believer in this place. God, let them know you are with them. God, I want to recognize you are with me. You are with me in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do you feel the presence of the Lord in this place? Do you feel his presence? As you're turning to Exodus chapter 3, turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you today. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, pastor.
What an honor it is to be here. You may be seated in the presence of Almighty God, if it's all right. I want to get into the Word, but I'm going to read a long text. And I don't think anybody should be passing out during the reading of the text. It was a joke, y'all. It's all right. I'm going to remain standing. This usually works out better that way if I do. So you pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Great to have my girlfriend with me, my lady. She's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on now. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Thank you for the honor of being here today. I'm excited about what God has been doing, is doing, and is about to do in this church. Would you say amen? Amen. Moses having perhaps his first conversation with God. You know the story. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why? The bush is not burned. Verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, has God ever called your name? And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. There was nothing special about the ground. It was an arid place. It was a drought season. It was a wilderness, the Bible says. But it's amazing, no matter where you're standing, whatever place you meet God, when he shows up, it becomes a holy place. I am not diminishing the season you are in or the season you have been in. But if God comes into your presence with his presence and his power and his promise, everything changes in that moment. And torrid ground and tormented ground and defeated ground and desolate places become living places because it is a holy place when a holy God shows up where you are. I've come to preach to you today that wherever you might be, the Lord is with you. He has showed up in your life and when he comes into your life and if you can have the faith to trust him and lean not upon your own understanding and delight in his ways he will turn tragedy into testimony he will turn defeat into victory he will take affliction and give you the greatest miracle of your life he will take a sinful past and he will promise a future but you've got to realize when God shows up up. It's not just something happening in the atmosphere. It becomes his atmosphere because he's the God of all universe. He's the God of the heavens and the earth, and he is with you. And though he loves you just where you are, he loves you way too much to leave you that way. Is anybody happy that God didn't just decide to leave you in the tattered state of your yesterday, but he said, I have a promise for your tomorrow. I have a promise for your children and your children's children. I have a spirit that will be poured out upon all flesh. Worthy flesh? No, 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 no. I will wash the flesh. I will take care of the debt you carry. I will remove the burden from your shoulders. I will rip the prison doors off of the bondage of your life. All I'm asking is that you praise me and I will 
will come into the place where you are and everything changes when he shows up. It's holy ground. Verse 6, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father. Not I was, not I will be, but I am, present tense, the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid, not in fearful torment, but in awe of what was happening as the glory of God. He couldn't look upon God. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out to, of that land unto a good land, a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey and unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Termites and the Parasites and all those poor afflicted people who were so unfortunately named. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, come now, therefore, and I will, everybody say, send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, but who am I that I should go forth unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am coming to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, they're going to ask me, well, what's his name? And what shall I say unto them? And God said back to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the I am hath sent me unto you. The I am hath sent me unto you. Our text today presents a confounding word when Moses asked the Lord, what shall I say to Israel when they ask, who has sent me? And the Lord responds by saying, I am that I am. Go tell Israel the I am hath sent you. What a unique phrasing of the identity of God. And scripture is often layered. It's amazing how you can just keep pulling back the layers and I want to pull back a few layers today to look at the context and look what was happening when God spoke this to Moses. It's important to see the environment of God and the context of his people. For example, the children of Israel had been in bondage for many generations, and the bondage had just become a part of who they were. They didn't know anything but bondage. Sometimes bondage is all you know. Sometimes affliction is all you have felt. Sometimes you are in such a long season that you can't remember anything but what you're feeling. And for a moment, the, uh, the enemy and the voices in our own minds will creep into our lives and try to convince us 
that that's just the way it's going to be. That's just your lot in life. That's just your new identity. But I've come to speak against those voices. I've come to speak against the liars and the tormentors of this world and in our minds and in our emotions. And I want to tell you all today that you are who God says you are. You are who God has called you to be. Don't listen to the voices of the enemy. Do not listen to the voices of doubt and fear and persecution. God has called you out out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And the only person that can speak to who you are is your creator and your savior, Jesus Christ. I wish somebody had believed today. When you look in the mirror, you can see what Jesus sees in you. When you look out into this world, can you see the people of this world like Jesus sees them? I wish you'd look around right now in this place. Look at your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your newfound friend. And can you see in them what God sees in them? Because God sees promise. God sees hope. God sees a blood wash. Mercy. Mercy led person of God. He sees a daughter. He sees a son. He sees a child. He sees promise. He sees destiny. He sees heaven being filled up with praises by the person sitting around you. Do you know who God has called you to be? He has called you to greatness. He has called you to new and fresh anointing. I feel the spirit of the Lord in this place. He's called you to a day that will be greater than your former. And I do believe the latter days will be greater than your former days. If we don't believe this, why are we here today? For the hope of the Lord is upon you. The promise of God is upon you. And his word rings true in your life. And you are who God says you are. Lift up your hands right now, and I want you to receive that. I want you to let the Lord speak to you right now. You were beautifully and wonderfully made. The world may say you're not worth it. He said you're worth everything to me. You're worth everything to him. You're priceless in his sight. Jesus, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak to a young person in this place. They, they look at themselves and they see something that could never be. But God, you see everything in them. You see everything in them. In Jesus' name. These people didn't know anything but bondage. They didn't know anything but imprisonment. They didn't know anything but slavery. They didn't know anything but torture. Sometimes affliction is all somebody can remember. To pull these people out of captivity was a huge step of faith because they had never seen freedom with their eyes. It was a generation that only knew what they had experienced, what they had seen. I pray for the next generation that's walking the streets of this world right now because they haven't known some things that some of you that have been around this for a little bit longer can say, I've seen some things. They've never seen some of the things you saw. And I pray that they have the greatest miracles. I pray that the greatest signs and wonders will not just be upon my generation, but the generations that come after. Young people, you stand on our shoulders and you see further than we've ever seen. You believe greater things than we could ever believe. I believe in you because God has called you. 
It would be great faith that would lead them out of captivity. And it would be Moses who was chosen by God to tell them about being made free. It would be a timely word that would lead the children of God through the exodus and out of Egypt. That word was, in fact, that God had a promise for them. God said that his people would believe this word and they would come out of their captivity. But here's the problem. Moses had already tried this. Forty years before, Moses had seen the taskmaster beating one of his believers, one of his brothers, just slaying him. And Moses was angry, the Bible said. He lost his temper and he intervened. And he tore the taskmaster off and began beating him to the place he killed him. He committed murder. He said, God, these people, I've lost all credibility with the Egyptians and with the Hebrews. I've lost all credibility. You're sending me, the man who failed, the man who lost his mind. He went in and he tore this, this man off and he did God's will. But he tried to do it man's way. Church, we can't do God's will man's way. If we're going to fulfill the covenant promise of God, we've got to do God's will God's way. We will only fall to greater defeat if we try to receive the promise of God on the pathway of man. I want to hear the voice of God telling me, order my steps in the Lord. Lord, make this holy ground because it's your ground. Lord, I want to step in your footprints. Let your spirit lead me. Do you realize he didn't fill you with the baptism of the spirit just to save you. He filled you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit so he could lead you. I'm tired, Pastor, of seeing a lot of Pentecostals that are spirit-filled but are not spirit-led. Could we find the unction of faith inside of us? To not just be filled with the Spirit to save our own skin, but be filled with the Spirit to save a lost and dying world. He is sending you out. He is calling you to go. He is calling you to be led by the Spirit. And when you are led by the Spirit, the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. If you're walking in the Spirit of the Lord, if He is ordering your steps, you don't have to pray for miracles. Miracles will be behind you. These signs will be following you as you walk by faith and not by sight. Somebody pray right now. The Lord, give new and fresh anointing to my soul. Lord, touch my mind that I may see the steps you have ordered for me, for my family, for my workplace, for my school, for my neighborhood, for this community. Come on, church, pray right now. God's going to have to show you this. God's going to have to reveal to you what he is doing in your life. Because you've lived in captivity long enough. And you've tried to do God's will, man's way long enough. It's time to try it God's way. Not my will, but thine be done. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Somebody thank him for his promised word. Moses said, I can't go back to Egypt. They're going to laugh me out of the building." The Israelites and the Egyptians. I have no credibility. But God had other plans. Has God's mercy 
ever looked at you and said, I've got other plans for you. I know you're a failure. I know you have prayed that prayer and repented of that sin. And you've gone back and made the same mistake again and again. Anybody else in this building besides me? And somehow we think that 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 excuses us from the promised word of God. And God said, you don't understand my mercy. You don't understand my grace. It's unending. It's unwavering. It never leaves you nor forsakes you. It's always right there behind you, pushing you forward into my promise. You can't fail God enough for him to forget you. You can't fall short too often for God to not love you and not just love you, but believe in you. He is faithful. He is faithful. Can I get a witness up in the cheap seats? Has God been faithful? Regardless of who I am, where I've been, or what I have done, He has been faithful to me. You got to understand, Moses, who is speaking to you. I am the God of your father right now. I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. Everybody say right now. For you and I, it seems like 6,000 years ago that God was the God of Abraham. That he was with Moses. But when we realize that he spans all time and place, that he really is an omnipresent God, that he's the same, we would realize that his hands are still wet from parting the Red Sea. That his, 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 his hands, they still smell like lion's breath from closing them so they wouldn't go after Daniel. His eyes just saw the world created. For you and I, a long time has passed. For God, it just happened. And for a moment, would you believe that the same God who created the heavens and the earth, that created your body, that made life come to be, if he created your body, I believe he can heal your body. If, if he ripped the doors off of a jailhouse just because they decide to have a little praise break, I believe he can open a door that seems permanently closed to you. I believe he will make a way where there seems to be no other way. Why? Because he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he's in this place right now. He's working right now. He's working all things together for your good. When we talk about time, just sit down for just a second. I'm almost done. There's three tenses of time. There's the past, 
Everybody's got one. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got a past. And everybody's past is not exactly what we wished it would be. I can't do anything about the past. It's water under the bridge, Pastor. It's gone. It's done. There might be regrets. There might be victories. But whatever it was, it is. It is behind me. But that's not the only thing that's behind me. Because there's something bigger between me, bigger than my past, between me and my yesterday. There's this thing called goodness and mercy. And I can look at you and you can tell me all about your mistakes and all about your past and every failure. And we can sit here and have tears in our beer and just feel sorry for ourselves. And through the eyes of a man, I would see the failing I would see the mistaken residue. But the problem is through the eyes of the Spirit when we're not just filled with the Spirit, but we're led in the Spirit. When I look behind you, I can't see all the things you're describing because there's something called goodness and mercy that are so much bigger than every mistake you've ever made because God has already dealt with everything you brought to Him. You can't do anything about your past, but God has already taken care of everything behind you. Luke chapter 4 takes the tempting of Jesus. You guys know the story. The devil takes Jesus up to a high place and he says, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything you can see. All you've got to do is praise me and I'll give you everything you can see. It confounded me for such a long time. I didn't understand. Why didn't Jesus in that moment just use like the power of Thanos and evaporate the devil and save us all a bunch of heartache? He's the Jedi of all Jedis. Why didn't he just... But he didn't do that. He didn't annihilate the enemy. He didn't evaporate the enemy. He relocated the enemy. Why did he relocate the devil? And then it occurred to me one day, I was praying over that scripture. God, why did you say, get thee behind me, Satan? Why didn't you just deal with Satan in that moment? And then I realized that when Jesus came to this earth... Everything he did was to teach me how to deal with the enemy he had already defeated. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. I want to introduce you to do hands that are stronger than any hand of affliction you can put upon my people. I've already dealt with you. My goodness and mercy is strong enough for everything that is behind you. Quit living in the past. God has already dealt with your past. And then there's this thing called the future. This thing that we can plan for and we can save for and we can prepare for. But the truth is, the worry about our future is one of the heaviest weights that every adult on this earth carries. We are so heavy laden with what might happen or what might not happen. Guess what, y'all? We're not promised tomorrow. We have this moment and we're not promised one more moment on this earth after this moment. 
And then there's this thing called the present. Pre-sent. Like it was destined. Like somebody had already seen what was going to happen. Like somebody had already arrived, Elder, in this moment and realized the miraculous power that could be. And here's the problem, y'all. There's an omnipresent God who has already seen this moment. And the miracle signs and wonders you've been praying for have already existed. Every miracle you've ever hoped God could perform is already in the hands of a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. For him, this has already happened. But for you, he's waiting on your faith to lead you into his miraculous presence. But here's the thing, and you could just stay on that organ. I love that, brother. The enemy is not happy with this moment. Did you feel faith rise up in here during that worship service? And then the enemy says, no, 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 no. I can't allow that to happen. Because if they ever figure out God is a God of the moment, that he's always present, he is always the great I am, he is always ready to perform the miraculous. All spiritual activity happens in the present tense because God is never in the past and he's never in the future. He always just is. And so the enemy, even while I've been preaching, some of you have been living in the past. And you've got such a, a weight of regret and a residue on your life. And the enemy will try to get you out of every moment but this one. Because if he can pull you back into the past or he can overcome you with the worry of your future, you will not realize what God can do right here, right now, in the midst of his people, in a moment of faith, realizing that the Spirit of the Lord knows no time and knows no place. Stand all across this place. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is a healer right now. He is a savior right now. He is a keeper right now. He is everything you need right here, right now. But you've got to realize, would you lift your hands all over this place? How many of you remember the last time you were just overwhelmed with the Holy Ghost? The Spirit of the Lord flowed through you and all time stopped. How long has it been since time didn't matter? What happened when you tapped into heaven? When you tapped into the Holy Ghost, it was like you were in a realm that wasn't limited by the things of this earth. Because in that moment, you tapped into the heavenlies. You tapped into the Holy Ghost. You tapped into a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he showed up here right now to heal your body. He showed up right now 
to wash your sins away in baptism. He showed up right now to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He showed up on this day to give you new and fresh anointing. He showed up in this moment to remind you that goodness and mercy have paid the price for all your yesterdays. And he has promised your future. But what you do right now can determine your future. And it can change your past. It can erase the record. And the promise of God can be upon you. Lift your hands all across this place. And I want you to begin to pray. And let the Spirit of the Lord lead you in prayer. In the name of Jesus, in the precious name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, that at the mention of that name, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess, every affliction would bow and every doubter would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord forever. If you need healing in your body, your mind, or your spirit, right now, in a moment of faith, I want you to come up around this altar. If you need a touch on your mind, and you have felt afflicted by the weight of depression or anxiety, right now, God is gonna remove the voices in your mind and let hope, let hope speak into you. If your family, needs a miracle would you grab the hand of one of your family members and would you march down here right now we're not going to embarrass you I promise come around the front come as close as you can the presence of the Lord is in this place church would you lift your hands from the back to the front I want you to pray right now I want you to pray come on pray like it was your brother pray like it was your sister because God is here right now God is healing right now God can save your soul right now we've got somebody getting ready to get baptized and he's going to wash away their sin and the residue of yesterday right now he's an on time God he's never showed up late he's never ever made a mistake he made you and he made you well he can perfect what he started in you because he is the author and he's also the finisher of your faith right now the only thing that stands between you and your miracle is he says you've got to believe right now lift your hands surrender your will as they sing I want you to lift your voice come on all across this place lift your voice right now in the name of Jesus